Say just as, as if I did not do it. And we have to be careful, but 
behavior. So justification again is an act, not a process. Alright? There is no degree of justification. You're not more justified than I am. If you may be. <laughs> if there's one. It's just loose, but no, no, no. With the exception of her, there is no degree of justification. Now don't get that, don't get that confused with sanctification. Right. Sanctification is, is that that's set apart. Exactly. Exactly. But uh, this is justification. Alright? So each believer has the same right standing before God. No sinner can justice justify himself before God. So when we talk about justification, alright, we're talking about that, that is that's work done in heaven. Right? We talk about the work. You can't work yourself in it. Right. Um, when we talk about the we talk about the, the, the law and working your way in, let's let's make sure that we understand that there's nothing wrong with the law, right? Except for the fact that it couldn't save us, because none of us could could hold up to the law. God's grace that He didn't He didn't make that the final the final verdict. Alright? But don't ever say, well, I don't need to read the Old Testament. Don't say that. In fact, when you read the Old Testament, and you're a good student, you recognize that Christ is even in that. And it breaks all the way through the Old Testament. Okay? Okay. Um, God does not make us righteous, but declares us righteous. Alright? So keep, keep that in mind. We talked about it. Uh, impute at that point. Alright? Uh, I think I used the example of the bank statement. Um, the bank statement, if, if, we're, if we're talking about that, the bank statement says, it declares, if you will, that it's paid. You didn't pay it. It just says that it's been paid. Alright? We're declared righteous. We don't necessarily become righteous. Justification is a legal matter where the righteousness of Christ is placed on our record, and nobody can change that record, and our own sinfulness is replaced. Uh, I did talk about sanctification. That's a process where God makes the believer more and more like Christ. So we're actually being sanctified. Alright? So those that say they're already sanctified, uh, they're all. Uh, we're being sanctified. Yeah, that's, that's, what we're, that's that process that we're going through right now. And after sanctification comes what? That's glorification, right? The glorified state. You don't, you don't get that to leave from you. you know, that sanctification, that process that we're going here, not every day, every minute. That's that sanctification process. So this one says they're sanctified. Be careful with that. Right? You're not a finished product. You better hope you're not a finished product. This is the best you're going to get in the truck. This is the best I'm going to get, I'm in trouble. So justification never changes. And a sinner trusts Christ and God declares him righteous. God deals with us as though we have never sinned at all. So let's look at this real quick. Justification by faith. And we talked about some of the characteristics of this righteousness. <laughs> So 3 and 21, and really what the, that 3 and 21 is, it's almost a, a 3 to 21 through 31, it's almost a, a summary, of, if you will, of God's righteousness through faith. But now, the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all, on all, who believe it. So God revealed his righteousness before the full revelation of the gospel. So, so even before um, you had the, the scene in Calvary, the God was still showing his, his, his grace. He still had witnesses out there. That's what those Old Testament prophets were. They were a witness. And what happened? We know what happened then, right? And they were healed. We didn't, we didn't listen to them. His judgment, so his laws, his judgment against sin. Um, so God is in through this, he revealing. This is righteous. Alright? So, so you can't say in the Old Testament it was just wasted time. You can't say that, that God uh, changed 
in the New Testament. You can't do that. Alright? You can't do that. Uh, his appeal to the prophets shows his righteousness. His blessings on those that were obedient shows his righteousness. In the gospel, however, there's a new kind of righteousness revealed. Alright? So we, we see the characteristics, um, starting with 21, the new characteristics, uh, the characteristics of this new righteousness. Uh, under the Old Testament law, righteousness came by behavior. Right? You did certain things, you, you did the sacrifice, you did stuff on certain days, you did festivals, you did feast and all that. Alright? Under the gospel, though, righteousness comes by belief, faith. Alright? The law itself reveals the righteousness of God. So again, um, the law is a task Right? It tells you where you messed up. So that's why you can't, that's why we can't throw the law away. There was nothing wrong with the law except for the fact that as humans we couldn't maintain it. We couldn't keep it. Alright? But the law was a taskmaster. It showed us when we fell short. Not in Christ right now, the law is still showing you where you fall short. See, that's why you have to be in Christ because, look, it doesn't take, look, go ahead and go through the Old Testament and, and write all the stuff down that you're supposed to be doing in the law and see how long you can keep that. That's why, look, every once in a while, when you think about the goodness of God, it should be something. It should be a cheap look. And, and folks worship in different ways. I understand that. But every once in a while, it should be something that gets on the inside of you and says, thanks be to <laughs> Thanks be to God that I didn't have to work my way into this thing. I messed up already today. And you have to. The law is the law is holy and just and good. The law bore witness to the gospel righteousness, even though we could, we, we could not provide for us the sake of salvation. Genesis three and fifteen forward through the Old Testament. Through the Old Testament, witness is given salvation by faith in Christ. All right. Uh, another characteristic of this righteousness is that it is apart from the law. All right. Old Testament sacrifices, prophecies, the types, and the great stop, great gospel scripture bore witness to this truth. All right. Let's see, yeah, that's what I know. God's righteousness, but could not provide it with the sinful, sinful humanity. Only Jesus could provide a remedy for sin. Right? So again, we understand this righteousness now that, that we see. Which one is that? Is that, is that, is that three? Okay. So we see that it's apart from the law. Then we see that it's through a faith in Christ. Alright, 22a. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Okay? So faith is only as good as this object. We talked about, uh, we've really been talking about the last couple of weeks. As humans, we're going to worship something. Right? We're going to worship something. So, so it's all a matter of who we're worshiping. What we're Okay? And so faith is only as good as its object. So if your faith is in uh, look, if your faith is in your athleticism, I don't care how great a athlete you are, if your faith is in your athleticism, in your athletic prowess on that football field on an investment court, you're in trouble. <laughs> you just hit away. You just hit away from your or knee injury away. From your, from your faith going straight down the, the tube. If your faith is in, in your marriage, and I'm on marriage. We, we, we love marriage. We love it. I'm looking forward to doing a lot of good marriages here. <laughs> your object and your wife, <coughs> those that are married, we can tell you about that. Or vice versa. Your object and who you adore, when it 
it comes down to it. Anything you put above God, you're in trouble. Whatever you put above God, you're in trouble. Gospel righteousness is a gift through faith. Alright? Whenever you get that, that is a gift. Individual faith in Jesus that saves is not just a knowledge of God. We talked about that. You can't just come here and check, check this thing off. You've got to have the Spirit to help you grow. Alright? We talked about it. Uh, uh, Satan believes in Satan of God. Satan's in heaven. Or if it's a matter, you just say, I believe in God. We call this the growth. Uh, we see that one characteristic of this righteousness is that it's for all men, right? 22b through 23. And to all, and all who believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And again, that's critical because of what we studied the weeks leading up to this. Because you had those that, uh, the Jews that, that, that felt like salvation was just for them. You had those Gentiles, those good, uh, those goody two shoes, the ones that thought they, you know, they weren't as bad as the pagans. And this is a reminder that this righteousness, no, 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 this faith that we're talking about, now the law was given to the Jews, but this faith right here is for all men. Okay? The law was given to the Jews, but the good news of salvation through Christ is offered to all men. We see that the characteristic of this righteousness is grace. Right? Grace gives us what we do not deserve. Mercy does not give us what we do deserve. Alright? Another characteristic is that it was at a great cost to God. Salvation is free. I think I said this last week, salvation is free, but it's not cheap. Alright? We talked about the blood. That's what, uh, what we did for those that were here for a short summer. You know, that's a, that's a, a solemn home. That's why you don't just fly through it and get done with it in two or three minutes and go on about your business. That should be an opportunity uh, for us to do things. And it wasn't all it wasn't all perfect. And don't don't put that on that. I know that was it has some literary license, but there wouldn't be the passion. I think there were some portions of it that that uh, they, they did a decent job with. Um, and one You'll never be able to fully capture the, the uh, passion scene of the scene of the cross. So don't stop me and say, well, that, you know, I ain't think that was wrong. I don't think it was perfect. No, I, I know it wasn't perfect. But I, I think what they tried to do uh, is capture some of the gravity of that. I think they, they did God well to the Jews. That was a that was a gruesome way to die. And it was gruesome when you think about it, he didn't do it. Uh, propitiation. We talked about that last week. These are one of the big words that uh, um, you're well above the, the, the curve, if you will. Some of these words that you're learning. In human terms, it means appeasing someone who's angry with us, typically by a gift. But in the Bible, when we talk about propitiation, it means satisfying God's whole law, a meaning of the justice. Okay? This allows God to freely forgive those who come to Christ. We talk about it again. God will never move his standard. That standard is right here. Alright? That standard has always been right there. And if you don't meet that standard, and you don't, and I don't, then something's going to have to meet that standard for us. If not, the wrath of God. We'll see the wrath of God. Make sense? Okay. And then we talk about it at a great cost to God. That Leviticus 16. Did anyone get a chance to look at that? We talk about the scapegoat. Alright, tell you what, let's use that for this week. Part of that. Take a look at Leviticus 16. In fact, that's a term that we use we still use today, the scapegoat. And if you read Leviticus 16, you'll get an idea of why or where that came from. Alright? So Leviticus 16 uh, kind of gives us an idea of what we 
talk about great cost of God. Part of it is going to have one that, 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 that is sent away, right? And you'll have another one that's slain. Uh, we talk about a perfect justice. God is perfectly consistent. He cannot break his own law. He's a God of his nature. All right? Characterism is righteous. It establishes the law. 27 through 31. Where is the boasting then? Is excluded by what law of works? No, but by the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. Or is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also the God of the Gentiles? Yes, and the Gentiles also. Since there is one God who is justified the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith, do we then make void the law through faith? Certainly not. On the contrary, we establish the law. So again, we do not discount the Old Testament. The law was good. It's just that we couldn't keep it. And we know we couldn't keep it. The symbolism in the Old Testament that showed that was that they had, they had to keep doing the sacrifices. Alright? You had to keep doing those over and over. And that's, that was that picture showing that, that, that while the sins are, are being atoned for, if you will, it is not permanent. But the cross does, it, it does have a permanent fashion. That's why you don't, you don't sacrifice in that sense that. Uh, you start setting up goats out here and, and you start killing them, I'm going to get you real fun. <laughs> but Christ needed to care about that. Not about by the way, it is finished as part of that. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, right? It is finished. So God worked out his own law to the point of salvation. Jesus completely fulfilled the demands of the law. Alright? Um, Paul points out the doctrine of justification by faith is not against the law, but established the law. So now let's look at this. This is where. Uh, this is what we left off last week, and this is uh, so what I've done is kind of a recap. Now I want to get into what Paul does. Paul pulls an illustration, if you will, of this. Alright? And who does he use to pull the illustration? Abraham. Why would he use Abraham? Well, that's what we call him. Yeah, what would, what would that have been? What's the significance of using Abraham you know, for this Jewish audience? They considered him? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. He uses two examples. He uses Abraham and he uses David. Yeah. There's two, if there was two right there, it's as far as historical person as it relates to the Jewish audience, you can't get you can't get two better than that. But for us, if you talk about the, uh, uh, in America, uh, I, I won't use historical figures, I'll use sports. Be Briar, be Michael Jordan, and for this era right here, be LeBron James. You can't, be, you can't get too better than that as it relates to sports. Alright? So let's look at, he uses an illustration uh, to, to, to really nail home this idea of justification. Alright? What Paul does throughout, and again, he, uh, he continues to do, I, I know he's kind of set up this uh, courtroom scene. You still have the courtroom scene. Alright? This is almost, he's almost a lawyer when he's going through this book. Alright? And so now he's anticipating the questions. The questions that he would get uh, from, from the audience, from the Jewish audience, from the Gentile audience. And one of those questions would be, okay, Father, you got this, but now what happens to Abraham? What do you do with Abraham who is the father of, of, of all of us? As it relates to lineage. And so he's getting ready to answer.
fact, when you're talking about in the fifth student, you know that uh, Genesis even talked about the plan of salvation. Jews would have asked how the doctrine of justification relates to their history. The prophets and the law, how does this witness of this doctrine? And what about Abraham? Alright? Paul outlines how Abraham was really saved. Alright, so this is key. Remember, Abraham was our father to the Jews, but in Romans, he now becomes the father of all them that believe. Right? So, let's let's kind of break break some of this down and then we'll get on out of here uh, for this evening. He was justified by faith and not works. What then shall we say that Abraham, our father, has found according to the flesh? This is 4 1. For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does Scripture say? Abraham believed God and accounted to him for righteousness. Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. Okay, let's 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 kind of let's kind of break this this thing down. When we talk about it again, we talk about works, and, and we we've said this a couple of times. If you want to work your way into heaven and not believe, God will eventually let you do that. And guess what? That wages part, and it talks about uh, the debts to those that work. Wages. That's what that's talking about. Alright? For those that actually work their way in, what do you get? You get you get out of it what you put into it, right? For an eight-hour day of work, you're gonna get an eight-hour pay. If you want to try to get into heaven that route, he's gonna let you do it. There is a parable. Um the workers in the vineyard. I believe they're in the vineyard. And in the, the parable, you have those that, that, that showed up in the middle of the day. You have, show, you have some that showed that they were there the whole time. And you have some that were rounded up and, and, and brought in the last minute. And then when, the, uh, when the, the, the one that was running the ship, the boss, when he paid them, he paid everybody what? Same thing. And yet, folks that had been there the, the longest, they said, well, why should I get the same thing that he gets? And, and the boss man had to, re, had to remind them that this is my money. <laughs> so all you have to worry about is yourself. You don't have anything to do with the ones that got here two or three hours ago. I paid them what I wanted to pay. It's a picture of grace for us. That's the picture right there. That look, when it's all said and done, the feet on that cross, the same grace that allowed him to get in. Now don't get this, don't get this mixed up with these. Alright? I said it the other, I said the other day, some of us just don't have robes and crowns with no jewels. You can't expect the one that was the thief on the cross to have the same reward that a Paul would have. Guess what? We all get up there. Guess who's going to be there? The thief. That's that picture. That's that parable picture right there. Alright? <coughs> okay. But if you work your way in, it's got to be the grace to get you in because if you work, if you try to work your way in, you're not going to, you're not going to make it by the wrong standard. Yes, the person trying to make it by work, so did you say that was a believer? No, if you're trying to make it by works, when it's, when it's all said and done, and we know the hearts of of, of the people, uh, no, I'm sorry, we don't know the hearts of the people, but when it's all said and done, if you try to make it into glory, or put it like, you try to live your life trying to keep that law, you were never believed. Absolutely right. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely right. I guess I was questioning or not understanding when you said people that actually do the works. I mean, you know, you know, 
No, uh, yeah, I, I guess where I'm going with that is that, oh yeah, my grace is the only way we're saved. But it's the same thing in, in, in Romans when he talks about uh, that he, he, he led them to their own devices. So if you don't, if your heart is hard to God, there's going to be a point where he just. <coughs> Let you, let you go ahead and try to fix it on James, we work because we are saved. Because our love and our love is You talk about James, and many folks have wrestled with that. They said, are James and Paul, do they contradict one another? And if you look at it, they're not contradicting. What James is saying, uh, and that's uh, James, James 1. Look at James 1. Uh, look at that for sure. Look at, that. Look at James 1. But what James is saying is that if your heart is really what you say it is, then there should be some fruits from that faith. You know a tree by what? Would that be uh, a difference between heart knowledge and head knowledge? Yes. Because there's a difference between actually believing it. You can know it and not believe it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I can, I can give you that. I can give you that. Yeah, that's... Um, well, that's what we talked about in the beginning. You, it's not just knowing that there is a God. It's not just going to church. I mean, that's what Paul was wrestling with in the beginning of this. He's saying, you're, you can't just show up. And, and because you're lineage, because you're a Jew, because you're not as bad as the other ones down there, that that's going to work. It's not a curve. I don't, I don't get in because I did a little bit Less bad stuff than you. But no, no, James, James is, is, is it's not that he's going against Paul. He's saying that your faith should eventually show something. Show evidence of Is that Doing something. I 
can't sit next to him for the next five years and say, man, I love you and I love the Lord and not do anything. So Abraham, Abraham's uh, salvation, right? Uh, counted, let's make sure we talk about propitiation. Let's make sure that we that we understand this word counted or imputed. Depending on what version you have, or reckoned. Means to put to one's account through the trust of God's word. Alright? Abraham believed God for his promises and responded with an amen. Let's, let's finish up. But to him who in five, it's four and five, but to him who does not work but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. Just as David also described the blessing of the man with whom God imputes the righteousness apart from the work. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven, and those whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man for whom the Lord shall impute sin. And I think one sermon, yeah, one sermon, one of the series I talked about David. Um, and he really focuses in on Abraham, but he pulls David out of there as well. And David, he didn't, when David is quoted right here, all right, when I, and, and I said last week, whenever we see the, the um, alluded back to Old Testament, that's like a hyperlink. Get that hyperlink. Go back and start reading the Old Testament and figure out where they were at, where they're at. Alright? And David speaks to God's righteousness. And again, what Abraham or what Paul is trying to do, he's trying to show you that this faith thing is not new. It didn't just show up in the New Testament. He's saying Abraham had a faith, David had a faith. And David showed up had a faith, but this is when he had messed up, right? Yeah. Yeah. When this, when this is pinned right here. This, this is our Thomas and when David had, had messed up with Bathsheba. And he said, look, I, I thank God there's a blessedness, there's a grace that my sins were not imputed to the record. Meaning that my sins weren't put on the record. And so David didn't have a full revelation of Christ again. David was looking forward to the cross. We looked what? Back to the cross. So he didn't have the full revelation that we did, but he understood enough that he he, he knew him. He knew himself. There was no way he could be in the heaven with all his mess up, messing up. He knew. He knew that much. All right. And he knew that there could be some other record out there that was accounted to him for him to get his glory. This is good. This is again David, man after after God's own heart. All right. So Jesus wrote the cross, and his righteousness was put on Abraham's account. Right? He was justified by faith, not works. David's witness is taken from his confession in Bathsheba. We talked about that. David makes a statement that God does not impute our sins. Alright? So it's not our sins to show us there. The sins of Christians need to be forgiven in order to have a fellowship with God. We talked about how sin breaks that fellowship. Right? Now, he continues, 9 through 17, he was justified by grace. This means Abraham was justified by grace, not by law. Paul makes clear that there must be an inward obedience to the law and a circumcision of the heart. Alright, let's kind of recap. We talked about again. What was circumcision in the Old Testament? Well, now you don't have to tell about the act, but what did it mean? Jewish, Jewish, yeah, it identified you with with the lineage of Abraham, all right, and it was a seal. But what had the Jews again? Why would Paul bring it in now? Why would he deliver this? This? Why does he keep hammering in a circumcision with this Roman audience? Okay, you gave the answer, but why was he writing to the? Why would he bring up circumcision? Because they felt that they were that they were saved or they were there because of the circumcision. Exactly for the They felt the circumcision, the physical act of circumcision. They felt that, that was enough to get them in. And, and, and Paul is look, Paul is turning all this on his on his head. He's saying there's a circumcision of the heart. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Uh, so Abraham was declared righteous when he was in the state of uncircumcision, or he would have been uh, 
but he was still considered a Gentile, right? He was circumcised 14 years after Genesis 15. Alright? So, let's let's see what, again, why is Paul doing this? Why would he do this? Let's read just a little bit of this, and then preferably, if you've not read it on your own, you'll get a chance to go back. Does the blessedness then come upon the circumcised only, or upon the uncircumcised also? This is not. For we say that faith was accounted to Abraham for righteousness. Alright? So now, now Paul is, is kind of throwing out some of those questions that he thinks people then were going to ask, and that we're asking now. How then was it accounted while he was circumcised or uncircumcised? What point was Abraham considered righteous? Before he was uns before he was circumcised. So Paul's setting the folks up. Folks that are saying, you know what, yeah, Abraham. He's the father of this. We, we follow Abraham. We're of Abraham. Cool. If that's what you're going to follow, let me tell you how Abraham's faith came about. Abraham's faith was before he was even circumcised. So everybody's raising their hands saying, you know what? I'm circumcised and I'm going to make it. Really? <laughs> the one you're talking about, the one that you, you, you said that you're following, his faith, it, was, it, it had to be something that, that led him to be called the righteous. Before the circumcision. Because he was righteous in my sight, or counted as righteous in my sight before the circumcision. He's setting everybody up. He's setting them up. Alright? Look, the old church, and I think, and they still do it a little bit, but they look a little weird. Uh, it talks about, and I can hear Dr. Cooper say it now, but it's fucking creepy. It used to say whenever uh, folks were in their made profession of faith, he said that they would go. He said you can't. He said you can't vote the body into the kingdom. And he was reminding everybody that, that that this is a symbol of what has already taken place on the heart. He was reminding that it is by faith that whoever just made that confession is getting the glory, not your vote. The same thing with the baptismal glory. He said last week we were baptized. You baptize every week now for the next 15 years. <laughs> if you don't believe it, you just you don't believe in Christ, you're going to be wet every service. <laughs> <laughs> so the circumcision was a seal or a sign, right? The seal was a reminder of God's promise. So you can't say, well, shit, the circumcision wasn't a good dog. No, don't do that. It was, it was a seal. He, he demanded that they do it. Alright? But it was not it was not the mechanism of, of anybody to be saved. Circumcision does not add to Abraham's salvation in the testament. Paul was justified before the law was given. And I say all that to say that right there. He was justified for believing God's promise. The law was not given to save people, but to show that they needed to be saved. Abraham was justified by grace and not law. This shows that salvation is for us all. Again, Paul is saying, he's saying, well, shoot, if, if Abraham was justified prior to the circumcision, prior to the seal of, of approval for the Jews, if you will, then that means me as a Gentile, I have an opportunity to get in. Again, Paul just set up everybody. All these folks, you know, all these Jews that said, look, there's the only way you're going to be able to get in is for you to become a Jew. For you to get circumcised, he's dealing with all this. He's just dealing, he's dealing with all this. What, what a masterful way So his faith was in place prior to circumcision. Um, so he was justified by resurrection power, not human effort or law. Right? This is an expansion on Romans 4 17. We'll talk about picking the dead. I, I thought this was interesting. Um, let, let's, let's play with this a little bit. Paul sees the rejuvenation of Abraham's body as a picture of the resurrection from the dead. And 
then he relates to the resurrection of Jesus. Alright? Um, 18 through 25. Let's, let's kind of play with that and then and then we'll kind of uh, we'll kind of ease on ease on out here. I thought the um, author, I had never, I had never quite put it like that because again, we had always talked about how Abraham he he, he did some messing up, right? We know he lied. We, we know he did some stuff. Yeah, he, he, he felt like himself. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he did a couple of things, you know, with Nagar. But um, uh, where he does something very interesting. He says that Abraham, and, and we know that Abraham was considered a pillar of faith. But I had always kind of wrestled with did he really have the faith in But But where's the other actually talks about that he believed God's promises to the point that, that, that the relationship with Hagar was a movement of faith in him. I had never, I'm just going to, I had never kind of wrestled with that, but that. You know, he's saying that he believed God's promises to the point that he said, you know, this child. He said, I'm going to get a child. You know, so maybe I need to be working a little bit harder, a little different venue. I'll say something else. <laughs> uh, <laughs> in a little different venue. You know, but, but, but obviously, we know that it's not God's. But, but interesting. Interesting point on that. And even with that, you. you you know, you, you look at the son that came out of that. Um, you don't really see Abraham. You see him wrestling with it, but but you, you see him keeping that faith throughout that. And that's uh, it's just just a powerful picture. Look, Abraham walked and did all this without all the stuff he had today. We got all these all these dictionaries. I got a seventeen Bible. I can pull up in the next thirty seconds. And, and, and most of us don't have the faith to go get the call. Let's, let's look at this real quick. 18 through 25, and then, and then we'll kind of get out of here. This picture. So, who contrary to hope and hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in the faith, he did not consider his own body already dead, since he was about a hundred years old, in the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through his unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. So what so what he's saying, he's giving this picture that even in the midst, look, it's bad enough that Abraham was past the <laughs> And then you hook him up with somebody else who passed. I mean it's almost a believable story if Abraham was put him with a, a 30-year-old woman. But you put him with a woman who's she, she's what, 10 years younger. He's 99, she's what, 89, right? <laughs> and, 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 and Paul is saying that even in that, he had the faith. He didn't move. And most of us, we would have cashed in a long, long time ago. And when we talk about the deadness of the body, he's talking about they were past that at birth. Paul seems to, okay, I'm right, God delayed sending a child to Abraham partly to allow their natural strength to decline. Abraham walked by faith and not by sight. Alright? So there's no part, there's, there's not a horse in there that he can say, I, 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 I did it. No, this is, this is going to all be God. God waits till the sinner is dead and un unable to do for himself before he releases his saving power. Uh, we'll talk about that. For the gospel of the power of God and the salvation becomes the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. The resurrection of Jesus is proof that God accepted his son's sacrifice, and sinners are now justified without violating God's law. Jesus was delivered up to God on account of our offenses and was raised up because of our justification. And so the words we actually talks about it in the book, he talks about how that deadness right there had to get life out of that situation. Um, um, it's, it's, it can be a parallel. I know that can be a parallel though to where you see the dead situation and Jesus rise.
Again, all we're seeing is this God that works through all this. God's hand in this. It's not a salvation. About how good you think you are, how good I, I think I can. He uses two great examples. He uses Abraham and he uses David to show that we must have a faith in the Spirit. You want to hear some folks? Ask them, how did the Old Testament saints get saved? Say, well, you know, they did a lot of all that. No, 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 it's not that. It has to be by faith. It has to be by faith. Any, any questions? So our belief is the key. Yeah, our belief is the key. Jesus was a member of the God that counted our offenses and raised up because of our because of our justification. So the resurrection is the proof of the power of God. Make sense? Any, any questions? I was thinking about Sarah and Hagar. Sarah and Hagar, okay. And it was, it would be easy if a 30-year-old was the one who had children. But because it was somebody past childbearing ages, you have to know that it's just faith. It's just what? It's just by faith that that happened. Couldn't have been anything but that. No, no, it was um, both of them were, were they were well past, right? Even at that time. So it had to be just done by faith. Yeah, no, not kind Well, it was through God's yeah, it was through it was through God's promise, right. and they had the faith in the promise. Right. Yeah. It wasn't. But when I said they're faithful, uh, although God told us to be faithful and, and wait, but it was his promise that, that brought it to pass. He said it, and it going, it's going to happen if he said it. And it's our job to believe it. Because I, I just want to make sure, if we believe something that he ain't promised, you have faith that, and look, if, if, if I have faith that I'm going to be uh, 6'4 this time next week. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he ain't promised that. I didn't have all the faith I want to. So it was his promise that brought it forth. It was Abraham's job to believe God for his promise. And in 2019, it's our job to believe what God has already promised. I would say that. Even a, a faith in 
God is 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 not perfect in an imperfect person. Yes, it's uh, it's it, it's still it's still embodies that's in really that sanctification process we talked about. We're still growing and we're still getting to where we need to be. Even in, even as a, a faithful pillar, Abraham. So yeah, I, I think you can look at it and say that Abraham still he still had the promise, he still believed in the promise of God and for the heir. But he obviously still had some areas in patience that he needed to he needed to work on. Well, yeah, I, I think you're, um, let's put it this way the mess up didn't surprise God. Right. That's probably, I, we have to, the reason I, hes, I hesitate is because sometimes we get this idea that, you know, if, it, if I was meant to, you know, if I go and move that Bible right now, that it's going to change the, it's going to change everything. I, I think I'd be careful with the horoscopes and, and all that. And, you know, my star moves right now to the left. Everything is, you know, I, I, I hesitate for that reason. But the, the way it happened was supposed to happen. <laughs> yeah. Nothing surprises God. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, we are, um, yeah. <laughs> we're free war agents. So God, we're, God does not, He does not work on us like puppets. He's not, it's not a stream where He's sitting there pulling us. We are free moral agents, and we get an opportunity um, uh, to make decisions. Uh, and and again, you get into sovereignty, you're getting into to, to all that type of stuff. But He allows us to.
so far now we're just uh, we're excited that we get to see a picture of how we were saved and how we're uh, still being saved by God. We thank you for that. So again, bless all those that are here right now. Bless each family. Bless each, bless each household right now. Bless us as we go throughout this week. For your son's sake, we ask all these things. Amen. Amen. Amen.